morning, gorgeous. How are you doing this morning? I hope you're doing wonderful. Welcome to a Feminine Impression Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Michelle Daff, and we are continuing our series on the abundance mindset. Think big for your life, baby. Part three. Today, we're going to discuss some things that you can truly do in your everyday life to help you have and maintain a mindset of abundance, a mindset free of competition, free of limitations, and open to the blessings of God in your mind, in your body, in your life, and of course, in your finances. So, Go ahead and sit back, relax, get something warm to drink, and let's talk about this. One way that you can allow yourself to create a mindset of abundance is by exposure. It is very difficult for anyone to be able to see something that they've never seen. Now, Of course, you can use your imagination to create something, but when it comes to the basic things of life, like where you like to go to school, what kind of home you like to live in, how you want to dress, what kind of job you want to have, what kind of man you want to marry, all of these things typically come from seeing something and being inspired by whatever it is that you see. So with that being said, exposure is necessary. And this is something I've talked about in the previous podcast about how important it is for you, my love, to be open to seeing and experiencing greater things. You have to step out of whatever you're in, even if that means going to a place you've never gone or looking at things you've never looked at things that maybe seem completely impossible for you. For example, if you're wanting to go to college and you think, you know what? I could never go to an Ivy League school. I'm not smart enough. I don't have the money for it. I don't even know how to apply. All of these things come to mind, right? You think, A community college is the only thing that I can do because that's what everyone who went to my high school is going to do. That's what my mama did, my grandmama did, my sister did. So it's natural for me to do that, right? But in an abundance mindset, in a mindset of just knowing that you can have and experience anything you want would allow you to still go on that website for Harvard or for Stanford or for Columbia and just take a look. Just take a look. It doesn't hurt to take a look, to look at the requirements, look at what their campus looks like, to visit. Yes, you may not have the GPA for it. You may not have the finances right now, but it doesn't mean that you can't one day. Perhaps you can go there for your master's degree or a doctorate degree or any other degree that you might desire. Maybe it won't happen right now because you didn't prepare for it, but it doesn't mean that it can't be in your future. Perhaps you may speak there one day or you may work there one day. You might not even be a student, but opening yourself up to an abundance mentality is so important. Same thing goes for if you're looking for a job and you think you can only apply for certain positions because that's all you're qualified for. Do you know how many people are in positions that they're not qualified for? Because they took the chance, not in an arrogant way, but in a way where they just happened to stumble upon something and see if it was for them, see if they were willing to just interview them. And for whatever reason, they accepted them into that position with, you know, maybe some requirements or some stipulations, but regardless, they were able to get what they desired and they never dreamed that it could actually happen. So exposure is important. And this exposure can come from a various, you know, different ways. It doesn't have to just be you looking on a website or visiting a place, but it can be from other people. If you allow yourself to be in spaces where people are doing better than you are, and you're not coming from a place of jealousy or envy or covetousness, and you truly just allow yourself to absorb and be there you can start to see how other people live, how other people behave, the things other people have. It is difficult for you to 
walk a certain way, speak a certain way, get certain things. If you've never seen anyone do it, you have no idea what it sounds like, what it looks like, what they went through. Exposure is the best way to do it through another person. Now, you may not have access to the kind of people that you want to be like one day. You may just think, okay, that's just so far from me. A person who has this kind of lifestyle or has this kind of thing I desire, this kind of job I desire, would never even look my direction. First of all, that's a poor mindset to have, right? To even think that they would not consider you worthy. But if you're just, you know, thinking about the fact that you don't have access to these people, then start by watching them. You can watch them on television. You can watch them on YouTube. You can watch them on Instagram. But following these people and seeing what their lifestyle really is like instead of being so consumed with jealousy and envy that someone else has it already and you don't yet, that you can't even get yourself to watch. You can't even get yourself to be in a place where you can learn from these people. Now, this is so, so, so important, especially for those of you who desire great things in this world. Allowing yourself to be a student of life, a student of other people who are doing the things that you want to do instead of moping and feeling bad for yourself and thinking it could never be for you. It's important that you can humble yourself. Stop being so consumed with jealousy and learn from the people who have the things that you desire. Another really important way of being able to cultivate an abundance mindset is your imagination. Okay, exposure is one thing, but from that exposure, you can then take whatever it is that you've learned and create your own reality with it. Perhaps you saw a mother of five and you think to yourself, I want five children too. But the doctors say, I cannot have children. Instead of wallowing in that and believing, truly believing that the doctors have the final say because doctors do not have the final say. They are professionals. They study medicine. They do their best based on what they see. But faith is believing what you don't see, right? They say seeing is believing. Faith is believing is seeing. And your faith is what activates blessings. Your faith is what activates healing. Your faith is what activates any breakthrough in your life by having, standing, and holding on to faith. So when you get to a point where you believe and you can see it, you can see yourself pregnant, you can see yourself having five children too, Even though the doctors say you can't even have one and you imagine it and you believe it, you stand on God's promises, that opens your mind to abundance. If you cannot even imagine yourself with anything that you desire, then you're never going to get it. That's a harsh thing to hear. I know it is, but it's the truth. Your mind has to be able to even believe it's possible. Even if you believe it's impossible, if for one second you can see yourself actually having it, you're on your way to receiving it. And that is a supernatural concept driven by faith. It's the only way. And it's not a faith concept even in terms of being a believer. You can believe in nothing and still have faith. I don't know what your faith is in, but you still have faith that whatever it is that thing is, is somehow possible, you know? And that's why, not to get off on a super tangent, but unfortunately, that's why you see a lot of people who have narcissistic personality disorder. For those of you who know what that is, people who have an inflated sense of themselves have a huge ego. They think that they can do anything and they'll never have to pay consequences. They're the best, the best looking. The world revolves around them. Those people tend to be very successful. 
And a lot of people think, why? Why is this arrogant, self-absorbed, narcissistic person so successful? Well, of course, they're not doing it in the best way. But the fact that they have so much confidence and faith in themselves and their abilities opens doors. It opens doors because, one, people believe that if this person has this much faith in whatever it is, I should believe them. <laughs> so they go ahead and hire them, right? And then maybe they can't they can't follow through and that's a whole other problem. But just getting through the door, they're able to usually do that because in their mind, they do believe that they can in their imagination. <laughs> a lot of times they cannot follow through and sometimes they can. Sometimes they have the talent and that's what's needed. So being able to imagine whatever it is, visualize it, is necessary. And that's why it's necessary for you to take drives through neighborhoods that you could never have imagined you would even be driving through. Just drive through them and look at the homes and sit in your car and pray and tell the Lord, this is what I want. This is what I desire. I can see myself living in a neighborhood like this. It doesn't hurt to do that. And it's not like, oh, I just wish I could, but really seeing yourself actually coming home from work and opening the door or being in the kitchen, baking a cake and your husband coming home and it smells like bundt cake and cream and there's lemonade and you're just in that moment visually. Okay. It's not just like a wish, like, hmm, that would be nice. No, it's a real imagination that opens the door to what you can really have. And I will say when it comes to exposure and imagination, something that's necessary, especially, especially if you are in faith for certain things. What I've seen in my life is that God exposes you to things that he has for you in the future so that you can get a glimpse of what it's like and you can see that it's possible for you. And a lot of things that I was exposed to at a certain point in time where I just thought, oh my goodness, this is amazing. I was very far from it, but I saw it and I loved it. And everything looking back now on my life and and looking at the patterns and backtracking, I'm like, whoa, this is wild. All the things that the Lord exposed me to are things he was preparing me for, but he needed me to see someone else with it that it was possible. And when I say expose me to, I mean, maybe, for example, I once went to a conference. It was like a marriage conference at a church. And there were couples on stage talking about marriage and that kind of thing. Beautiful. Every single woman was beautiful. Like, oh, just stunning. And they were with their husbands who all seemed like wonderful men. And from what I know today, they're all still married to these wonderful men of God. And one woman in particular, her story with her husband really touched me. I was very inspired by her. I remember going on her Instagram page and her husband had made a post about how he was going to, how he knew he was going to marry her when he met her. And she had this ring And it was so beautiful. And I just looked at that ring and I was just like, that is a stunning ring. I would love a ring like that. I could see myself with a ring like that. Now, I'm someone who just so happens to really love rings. (laughs) So that was something that was important to me because I, I actually just have a affinity for rings. But I took a screenshot of that picture and never thought about it again. Never thought about it again. Years later, I'm going through my phone, just flipping through, and I see the picture of the girl. And it just so happens that the same ring she's wearing is the ring that I now have. That's my engagement ring. And it's the same style. It's a different ring, but it's the same cut. And what I'll tell you is that the ring that I have is a ring that my husband chose. It wasn't the ring I was going to necessarily go for. It's something that he actually picked out when we went to the engagement store. He had been there before I was there and he'd selected some rings and I got there and the lady showed me the rings that he selected. And I was blown away when I looked back and saw that it was the same cut. 
But, you know, this has happened in so many, so many situations, whether it's a certain car I was able to drive in one day, a certain person I was going to meet. And even back to that example of being on stage at a church and speaking about relationships, I think what's bigger than that ring story is the fact that years later, I was being asked, constantly being asked to be a speaker in churches on relationships. At the time, I was far from that. I was on YouTube, I think, but I was doing videos on wigs, right? I mean, just so far from that. All of those things were exposing me to where God was planning to take me. If I had sat there and just been in jealousy and instead of admiration and instead of just looking at them in a way where I thought, who are these girls? What do they know? I look better than them. I should be up there. I should, you know, whatever it is that goes through our minds. But instead drawing from those experiences as, wow, this could be me one day. I can see myself doing this. That mindset is something that God honors. And so when you're in those spaces, if you are being exposed to things, if someone invites you to their company holiday party and you go and it's this opulent event, something you've always wanted to do and you get to meet these very dignified people or celebrities or authors or whatever it is that you are just amazed by, instead of being there and thinking, I don't belong here. I can't believe people live like this. Wow, I'll never have this. Or you start getting jealous of your friend who invited you, thinking, how does she have access to all this? Wow, she's so lucky to have a job like this where they have these events. I never have these events. And, you know, instead of getting into that place of jealousy, it's so important that you do not allow yourself, don't allow the enemy to bring jealousy into your heart. Be grateful, stand in gratitude and say, thank you, Lord, so much for even allowing me to be exposed to this because I know you're showing this to me for a reason. Everything in your life, everything in your life, if you are a child of God, if you're his daughter, is shown to you for a reason. God is in everything. God is in everything. And even if you're not his daughter yet, He's still watching closely, still right there. And all you need to do is pay attention and figure out why. Why is it that I'm experiencing these things? And if you're someone who's thinking in a positive way, you'll realize that it's for a good reason. It's for a blessing. And that leads me to the next point, which is gratitude. Now, this one, whoo, this one is huge. And gratitude is something that's talked about in a lot of spaces. And I've talked about it before too. But if you knew how serious gratitude was, you would do it way more than you are. Gratitude is not just a word. It's not just a thought. It's a form of worship. Gratitude is spiritual. Gratitude releases something out of you and takes hold of something for you and brings it back. Gratitude is not just saying thank you for something. It's an internal shift in your heart where you realize something and you're truly thankful that you have it. So when I say be gracious or have gratitude, this will open up doors of abundance for you because you are thankful for even the tiniest things that you have. If you have a car and it's not the car that you really desire, but it works, you're grateful for it. And every time you get to your destination, you thank God you got there safely. Because let me tell you, huh? there are millions of people today, right now, who got into a car accident, who didn't get to their destination. Being gracious and having gratitude is absolutely necessary in any sort of blessing, any kind of elevation. Because no matter what, like I talked about in the last podcast, no matter what, you're always going to desire more. Nothing is ever going to be good enough. So if you can't be grateful, then you'll never be grateful. You'll never get to a point where you're grateful. And so you start small. 
you start saying thank you as soon as your eyes open to God for allowing your eyes to be open, allowing you to wake up in your right mind, allowing you to be healthy, allowing you to have a place that you were able to sleep in safety and going through your day. And as your day is going, everything you're doing internally, you're saying thank you. Thank you. Your child walks in and gives you a hug. Thank you, Lord, for giving me this beautiful child. You know, you make breakfast for your family. Thank you, Lord, for allowing us to have food. Your husband comes downstairs and smiles. Thank you, Lord, for giving me a husband who has a warm personality, who's even willing to smile. Thank you for that, Lord. And this, this is worship. This is what worship looks like. This is what a lifestyle of prayer looks like. You know, we think about prayer always as like getting on our knees and thanking God for everything and asking for a million and one things. True prayer is focusing on your lifestyle, the way you live your life, and worship. And worship is gratitude. That's how you worship all day long. And that's what opens the door of heaven for you. That's how you receive from God. It's through gratitude. Now, gratitude is really, really hard when you feel like you don't even have enough, when you feel like you don't even have the basics. Like if you're really low on money and you can't even figure out what you're going to eat for dinner tomorrow and the bill collectors are all blowing up your phone, calling you constantly, emailing you, texting you, and you're just like, uh, how can I be grat- like how can I have gratitude if I don't even have peace? I don't have peace of mind. They're bothering me. I don't I don't have the basic things I need. Well, I know. I know because I've been there. I've been there and let me tell you, right now I'm still there in so many ways where I am in situations where I don't feel like I have what I need. But that is the only way to receive what you need is to take yourself out of yourself and focus on God and focus on the fact that you have a provider and you will have everything you need for the day if you give it all to him and you trust him. And instead of spending all the time complaining and being mad at God or being angry at the world or being bitter and spiteful, All the time you're wasting complaining in prayer, if you use that same time and that same energy to praise God and to worship Him in gratitude, hmm, your situation will change real quick, real quick. (laughs) And I've witnessed this on so many levels. Whether you're sick, if you're fighting illness, if you're fighting anything, anything, a physical illness, a mental illness, if you're dealing with not having enough financially, spending your time thanking God for everything you have, worshiping Him, being gracious, and not even focusing on what you need because God already knows what you need. He tells you. You don't have to tell Him. He knows what you need. That heart posture is beautiful. That's what he loves. That's what he honors. That's what he blesses. So I just want to just give that word of encouragement to anyone who is suffering in a way where you feel like you don't even have what it takes to be gracious for anything. You do. Just look at a third world country. Look at how they're living. Think about the fact that the money you have, even if you have no money, the things you have, The water you have, the bed you have, the blanket you have, the hair products you have, the the toothpaste you have, whatever it is that you have, there are millions of people who don't even have that. Millions. And I know maybe it doesn't really matter when you're suffering. You feel like who cares? But you should care because you're just a person too. You're no better than anyone else just because you happen to live in a place where there's more, or you happen to be born to a family who could have given you a little bit more. You could have been born in a slum. 
You could have been born in a hut where you had nothing. You could have been born in the streets. You could have been born in prison. You could have been born anywhere to anyone. You didn't have to have what you have now. That's where the idea of humbling yourself comes from, of remembering that nothing you have is by your own doing. And you can have so much more when you at least recognize your maker, your creator, your sustainer, and be grateful for what you do have. And listen, honey, I understand what it's like to be in a season where you don't feel like you have enough. It's difficult to feel like you should be grateful when you can barely make it. Even when you compare yourself to other people, it's very difficult to compare yourself to someone you don't see and to empathize with something when you're suffering as well. I truly understand that. What I try to do when I'm in situations like this is focus on the fact that I have what I need for that day and take things one day at a time. In the prayer that Jesus asks us to pray in the model prayer, it says, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And then it says to give us this day our daily bread. And that's what you should really try to focus on in those situations where you're struggling with being gracious is to ask God each day to give you your daily bread, for the Lord to give you whatever you need that day, your provision for that day, not to worry about the next day because we don't know what's going to happen tomorrow, but to just be provided for whatever it is that we need and then trust that when you ask for that, that God will provide you whatever you need for that day. Take it literally one day at a time and have faith that you will be given what you need today. And just remember that all it takes is one day, one day for your whole life to change for the better. And if you're someone who struggles with gratitude or if you want to release some gratitude from yourself out into the world, then take some time today and maybe just go through your phone and find someone you don't normally speak to and send them a quick text message just saying that you're thankful for them being in your life or you're thankful for something that they've done. And it would be great if it's someone that you don't normally talk to, someone who would feel very shocked to get a message like that from you. And when you do this, you're going to feel a pull from within and that release is going to come back to you in a way that you probably would never expect. And them just getting a message like that and just planting something in someone else Allowing someone else to feel good and to feel appreciated just gets you into the mode of thankfulness. Because sometimes, you know, it may seem a little difficult to thank someone where you can't really get a response and you're not maybe so used to thanking God for things because it feels like you're talking to no one. Maybe you're not as spiritually in tune yet. So practice with people who can speak back to you and you can hear them. And in that, my hope is that you will start to realize that all of those things, everything that you've been given, every person you've been given, every situation you've been given is from God and that your thanks goes to Him. Almost every single person who is successful, who has an abundant life in every way, has gone through a period or a season of lack where they truly did not have enough or felt like they had enough, but they were able to overcome it. And when they're in a place where they really are living in an abundance because they always thought in abundance, even when they didn't have it, they can draw back to the times they didn't have it. And I can tell you, as someone who has had a whole lot and has also had absolutely nothing, literally zero dollars in every single bank account, overdrawn, creditors calling me, just feeling embarrassed and ashamed. And listen, this is not like something that happened 10 years ago. This is something very recent. I can tell you that in those times, you really think about how God is taking care of you 
And if you open up your mind to know and believe and release the faith that He is taking care of you, when you do have everything you dreamed about, you'll be able to draw back to those moments and be in true, deep gratitude and know that anything and all things are possible. Now, ladies, I want to talk to you about having certain things in place when you are in expectation for a life of abundance. And this is going to be pretty transparent because for me personally, it's something that God had to really, and is still really working on with me. There are certain things that I've experienced as someone who lived a life where I had privilege in terms of having like a middle-class lifestyle, but then accelerating in my career at a really young age where I was able to make a substantial amount of money for someone very young, but did not know how to manage my money well and ended up in a place where I was like literally like every bank account had zero dollars in it and was just always kind of like struggling for the next dollar. These are things that just helped me to understand how I was thinking about things, about things that I had material and things that I had spiritual, things that I have as far as gifts, things that I have just in life. And the biggest takeaway just in getting into this is the idea that nothing in this life is actually yours. That's something that God had to teach me, that we are called to be stewards, meaning we're managers of things in our lives. Nothing is actually yours. And when you die, you're not taking any of it with you. Everything that you have, you're here to take care of, to manage, and to gift to other people. And a lot of things that will come into your life are not just for you. And once you're able to understand that, abundance will be attracted to you in every single way. Let me just give an example before I even get into any of these topics. After everything I've been through in terms of just money management and just being like in need and begging God and realizing that begging Him wasn't going to work, I really needed to figure out how to, you know, truly sow knowledge and wisdom into myself so that I wasn't getting myself in these situations. He showed me that every time I got something, I needed to evaluate it and recognize whether or not that thing was all for me or if it was for me and for other people. And this kind of got me thinking that everything is not just for me. When I get blessed with a random check for $10,000, that money is not just for me. It's for me, sure, he wants me to be able to enjoy it, but it's also for this person who needed a little bit of money to help pay off their tuition or for the homeless woman down the street with her three kids outside of Target who can barely buy formula for her baby or for the woman that's in college working at Blaze Pizza and could use a $20 tip. He is using me to help other people in the world because like I always tell you, when people are praying, when you're praying to your father in heaven, you're asking for things, yes, he's going to give them to you, but he has to get them to you through someone. God needs people. He needs us to be able to act on his promises and act on his yeses, act on blessings and prayers of other people. So if you're sitting there praying for someone in your life to have a certain thing and you have the ability to give them that thing, sometimes God will bless you so that you can give to them and their prayer can be answered instead of just praying for them and hoping they magically get it from somewhere else, if that makes sense. So now when I receive anything, and it's not just money, it can be anything. For Christmas, if I get 10 boxes of chocolate and some popcorn and some pretzels, I don't just keep all of that chocolate and pretzels and candy in my house and just eat it all and say, oh, this is going to last me until next year. 
Instead, I say, who can I give some of this to? And even if it's not 10, even if a brand sends me three lip glosses, I don't now say, wow, perfect. I have a pink, I have a purple, and I have a red. I say, you know what? Someone else would probably look really good on this red. Maybe I can give it to the next person that comes over to visit me. And I just started changing my mentality towards the things that I receive. And since doing that, God has taken care of everything that I need. And that's because he knows that things can flow through me. He can give me a lot. So on the outside, it'll look like, oh, she has a lot, but he knows it's going to flow through me. So if he blesses me with a beautiful car, Instead of me thinking like, oh, I have this great car. Oh my gosh, I'm so fly. I'm so this and that. He knows this car is going to pick up someone who needs a ride. This car is going to be used to help someone take their moving supplies to their new home. And whatever it is that he asked me to do, he knows that this car is going to do that for me and for him. It's not just going to be my car that I want to keep in my garage looking beautiful and pretty and just tell people that I had drive this car, right? So that is so important for you to know. I was listening to a pastor And he was talking about how he bought a house. His name is uh, Prophet Lovey. He bought a house and he couldn't even say this is my house because the person that built that house built in the 1950s. They lived in that house. They died. Someone else lived in that house. They died. Someone else lived in that house. They sold it. And now he lives in that house. So can he really say this is my house? It's not his house. Whose house is it really? right? He's stewarding that house. He's living there now. And that's how it is with us. Nothing is yours. Even your gifts, your talents. If you know how to sing, beautiful. It doesn't just mean that your gift is for you to just sing to your baby at night, or your gift is just to be able to sing to covers of artists. That gift of singing can be used for so many things. It can be used to sing to some ladies who live in a retirement home, or it could be used to sing in a gospel concert, or it could be used to sing in a shelter for battered women. I mean, your gift is not just for you. Nothing is just for you. And once you can really realize that and appreciate that and internalize that, you will see that you will live in a life in abundance because you will have a mentality that says, I don't have to hold on to everything. I can let things flow through me. And when we talk about femininity, that's what that is. It's the idea of you resting and being and allowing things to flow and not holding on, right? When you think about someone holding on, someone grasping something, that like tight feeling, that's masculine energy. That's doing energy. That's not femininity. You are releasing and you are letting things flow. You are allowing. And that is what's going to prosper you, my love. That's what's going to open up your mind to say, I will never be in need. And God will make sure you're never in need because you are a vessel for him and for the kingdom. So I had to learn this lesson in a very, very, very difficult way. And I had to really humble myself because Once I didn't have as much money as I was used to having, I wanted to start holding on to things more. I've always been a very generous giver by nature because that's literally just how God made me. It's not because I'm some special person. I just enjoy giving. However, once I started feeling like I didn't have what I used to have, I was more concerned about keeping it just in case, just in case, just in case, just in case, instead of allowing God to flow through me. I'll give you one example. When I had my baby, I had a registry open and I even opened it up on YouTube. And I had so many of you who watched my YouTube channel send me gifts. It was such a blessing. I had people in my life, people from work, people from all over, my husband's friends. We had so many things for my baby. It was just like, it was, it was, 
we didn't we couldn't even have enough room to keep everything. But a lot of those gifts, so many of them, went to my brother-in-law and my sister-in-law, who both ended up having babies this year. And it was just an example of how I was like, wow, God, you gave me all this stuff. And he's like, "Mm mm-hmm, because it's not all for you. It's not all for you. (laughs) And if I had a mentality that was like, no, this is mine. You can't have it. This is my bassinet. This is my stroller. It's okay. I can have two. I'll sell one or I'll have another kid. And that's that's actually something the enemy tried to put in my mind. He was like, oh, Michelle, well, you're going to have more children. So why don't you just keep this extra stuff? Why give it away? And instead, I had to say no, because when I have another child, guess what? I'll be in an even better position to get more things. I don't need to hold on to this stuff. And my dear, I cannot stress enough how important it is for you to ask the Lord to help you to gain this abundance mindset, because that is the abundance mindset. That's what's going to attract everything to you. Friends, money, just blessings, blessings, gifts, peace, love, all of the things that we want in this life, that's what attracts it. You allowing things to flow through you and doing it with a smile, doing it in joy. But I am going to give you some more practical ways for those of you who kind of need to take some baby steps to get there. I had to take these little baby steps myself, and um, it's just part of life. One thing I'll start with is just taking good care of your things. When you're someone who, for one, does not take good care of their things, it definitely shows that you are not a good steward. You're not someone who God can trust with things because you don't care about it enough to take care of it. So, taking time. If you want a new car, clean your car. Don't let your car look like a dump. Don't let your room look like a dump. I'm looking around my room and it looks like a dump right now. (laughs) So it's funny that I'm saying that, but it's something that's always on my mind. Like this place looks like I need to clean it, right? I mean, if you are asking God to give you a home and your home is trashed all the time and you don't even care, why would he bless you with more if you're not even taking care of what you have? So take care of your things. And that's from your clothes to your body to your baby. Okay, take good care of your things. Wash yourself, okay? Smell nice. Do the things that show that you actually appreciate the fact that you have a working, functioning, healthy body. Don't jam your body with junk food and with fast food and with alcohol and with weed, okay? That's showing that you don't care about yourself. You don't care about what happens to your body. And that's not showing that you care. And when you care, God will give you more. He'll increase you, okay? And so it's just a way of getting more by showing that you can handle what you already have. And a lot of us can't. A lot of us can't even handle what we have, but yet we want something better. And it's like, okay, so haven't you ever seen that? Haven't you seen like someone with maybe like a really nice car and the car looks trashed? Or I've seen it where I've driven down neighborhoods where it's like a beautiful neighborhood and all the houses are gorgeous. And there's one house where the grass is, 10 feet tall and it looks like they haven't had anyone like sweep up. There's leaves everywhere. It looks broken down and you're like, this house is ruining this whole block. Who lives here? Like, did they get this house like on a discount or like, how is it that this person lives here and this place looks trashed, right? Because they couldn't maintain it or they're choosing not to maintain it. And they have something really nice. They have a big, beautiful house, but it doesn't look beautiful. They can't, it's like, you might as well not even have this nice house, truly, because it looks a mess. It looks terrible. And that's sometimes what we end up doing when we're not ready for something or when we're not used to having anything nice. But I will tell you, people who usually are not used to having nice things, when they do get something nice, they do take pretty good care of it. It's sometimes a lot of us who are a bit on the more wasteful side, who on a bit on the more privileged side. 
where we don't take very good care of things. And that's my second point is not to be wasteful. When we're asking for abundance of anything, God is always going to ask you what you're doing with what you already have. And that can be anything, anything. So let's say you're like, you know, God, I really want more friends. I don't really have a lot of friends. You know, can I really make new friends at 37 years old? I don't know, but I really would like one. Well, what happened to the ones that you had? Did you ever call them and say happy birthday? Did you ever wish them Merry Christmas? Did you ever show up when they had a birthday dinner? Or did you act like you didn't care that they were there because they weren't to the level of the friends that you were hoping to have? If you have 10 lipsticks, do you wear any of them? Or do you just buy every single lipstick that comes out that looks like it would be like the perfect nude and then you don't use them? And so now they're expired because, you know, makeup does expire, my love. Makeup does expire, please take a look at the expiration dates because it can affect your skin. But it does. I mean, makeup melts, makeup, all kinds of things happen to makeup, right? Are you even using the things that you have? Are you being wasteful? Are you buying every kind of bread at the grocery store, every kind of popcorn, every kind of cookie, every kind of ice cream and letting it go bad, not even eating it? Okay, these wasteful habits just show that you are not appreciative of the fact that you have so much. We're always wanting the next thing, the next thing, the next thing. And then we end up with all this stuff. And then we end up feeling awful because we have so much and we're not able to use it because we don't like it. <laughs> so it's a, it's a cycle. And unfortunately in America, it happens the most here because consumerism is so high. But again, it's not just about things. It's also just about you. You have talents and you know, you're know you're wasting them. If you are someone who has a beautiful voice and you could be a, a wonderful speaker or a wonderful singer or a teacher or just someone who uses their voice for a living, but you've ruined it because you are, you know, wasting time trying to be something that you're not, or you're ruining it, actually ruining it by doing things like smoking. And so your voice is getting worse and worse and scratchier and scratchier. God's going to say, I mean, look, I gave you a beautiful gift and you've wasted it. You've wasted your time that you could have been using this gift because you're watching Netflix and now five years have gone by and opportunities have passed you by or you're wasting it because you're using your time to talk for 10 hours on the phone. And by the time and the day ends, your voice is all raspy and scratchy and I can't even use it for what I created you for. Okay, it's it's everything. And of course, on the other side of being wasteful, which by the way, when you have very little, you're going to start seeing that you're you're wasteful. It's not really when you have a lot, it's when you don't have a lot that you start realizing, "Oh my goodness, I can't afford a night cream." And you look in your cabinet and you have like four half-used night creams that you have not finished. And now you need to use them because you don't have money to buy. And now you need to use them because you don't have money to buy any night cream. (laughs) And you don't want to get to that point. But a lot of times it's when you don't have much is when you realize how wasteful you've been. But on the other side of being wasteful is contentment, which is just being grateful and at peace and okay with what you do have. It does not mean that you cannot want things and desire things, but it means that you are comfortable with knowing that what you have is fine for now, yet you still have your mind and your heart on what's to come in the future. And that is a place where you have peace because you're not always in the want, but you're also not despising what you have. You're appreciating it. And knowing that better and more is to come. And you're just on the ride there. You're one day closer. Every day is one day closer to that day, right? 
and you do what you can do now. So you may watch videos and, you know, we talk about how to be more elegant, how to be more feminine. And you're looking through your closet and you're like, man, I really want to wear feminine clothes, but all I have is this black skirt. That's the only skirt I have. And I don't have the funds right now. It's not a priority for me to go shopping for more skirts. Like I need to nail down my personal style before I just go buying things. I need to pay off these things. I, I don't have the money at this point in time to spend money on more feminine clothes, but I do have this one black skirt. I wish the skirt was blue or I wish it was white or pink or yellow, but it's black. It's okay. I'm going to wear this black skirt every single chance I get with whatever I can pair it with until I have the money to buy another one. And that is doing what you can now. Instead of saying, poor me, everyone else has money to just go buy all this stuff and everyone has this and I don't have that and getting caught up in what you see online. Do what you can now. Whatever you can do. If you want more friends, spend time with the one friend or the one neighbor or the one classmate you have now. And if you don't have that, you might have a sibling. Call up your sister, your brother, and ask them how they're doing and start sowing those seeds somewhere now. The other piece to this is the idea of doing things before your time. And this is something I got really caught up in because I, I mean, there's a lot of reasons I can get into as to why, but I got into a habit of doing things before my time. And there's a scripture that talks about eating in the morning. And it's, I believe it's in Ecclesiastes. I should have had it ready and I will bring it up again. But it just, the idea of eating early or eating in the morning is the idea of you doing things before your time. And social media makes this very difficult. Okay, I urge you when you start feeling like this to just, just, just log out, just sign out, just close the app and do something else because social media can really get you caught up in this, which is doing things before the time. So a lot of times we see things and we want it. And so we don't have the money for it at the time or the money should be spent on other things, but we go ahead and buy it or we go ahead and do it. And it ends up becoming a big problem for us because we weren't at that point in our, in our life. So you might get a new job and you might say, well, I'm now a executive at my company. I can afford to go buy this car and I can afford to live in this very expensive high rise and I can afford a Chanel bag and I can afford a $500 fragrance. So I'm going to buy all that because that's what people who are executives do. That's how we look. That's how we step out. That's what it is. And so let me get into this right now. Instead of saying, okay, I just got this job, but I have all these things to pay off and I have to take care of this and this and this and that first. And then maybe I can live in this place and slowly save up for this Chanel bag, but perhaps I can buy this $500 perfume. Instead, you do all of that. And then you end up scraping for the basic things, scraping for food, scraping for rent, scraping for new shoes and for gas and for the basic things because you did it too soon. The time was going to come for you, especially if you're God's daughter and you're following biblical principles and you're doing what you should be doing in this life. These promises, these things are going to come. It's only a matter of time, but when you do it too soon, then that's when you run into problems. And I've done this. I'm saying this because I've done it. And I had to pull myself back real quick. It didn't last very long, by the way. I did it and I immediately got into a lot of trouble. <laughs> and I said, oh, no, 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 no. I can't do this right now. Like, I'm not going to give up on this because this is how I want to be or this is how I want to dress. This is what I want to have. But my income doesn't match this. And I'm not going to be borrowing from this and making 10,000 payment plans just to have these kinds of clothes or this kind of bag or these kinds of shoes. 
not for stuff like this. I'm going to wait until God brings me into the place that I can actually afford it like it's nothing. And then I'll be able to have it. And it gives you something to look forward to. It really does. It, it A lot of times we're so young and we're trying to do so much and we don't get to really like enjoy things the way we should because we've, we've leaped ahead. And the unfortunate thing is that when we do that, it makes us feel like we're not blessed because God blesses you so much with things. But when you waste everything that he gives you by doing things that are before your time, then it feels like you're not blessed. Okay, if you're given all this income because you have this great job and you buy things, you live on a lifestyle that you really can't afford, regardless of your title, regardless of your degrees, you can't afford it right now, (laughs) then you might feel like you're not blessed, but you're so blessed. You're just eating too early. You're eating in the morning. Wait, you'll get there. As long as you keep it in sight and you do what you have to do and you you talk to God, he will give it to you. You let things flow through you, by the way. You let things flow through you. You'll get it. You will get it. So that is a really important principle. I had a friend when I was in grad school who was a little bit older than me and she, it, it baffled me because she was very luxurious. and. Even like where she shopped at the time, like I still go into that store now and I gag at the prices. I mean, I would love and know one day I I can wear clothes (laughs) that are that expensive. But my goodness, those clothes were so expensive. And those clothes were so expensive because she wasn't able to afford it. She was still buying those really expensive clothes, really expensive jewelry and bragging about this is from here and this is from there, but her car was jacked up. And so it's like this person's riding in this jacked up car, walking out wearing a million bucks of clothing, but can barely afford spaghetti. It doesn't make sense. It doesn't get you anywhere. And all it brings is stress. It doesn't help you in any way. So it's important that you live within your current means and you realize that in life there are seasons for things and you don't overspend. Even as as hard as that can be, and trust me, personally, this is very difficult. Money management is just difficult because of my personality. I, I just can't be bothered with thinking about numbers and making plans and budgets and all that stuff just stresses me out thinking about it. Um, But it's irresponsible when you have goals and when you have big things to do in life. You have to be able to focus and be a good steward of the things that God is giving you. And you will be blessed with more in all areas. All the love that you have is not just for your man, not just for your child, not just for your anything. Sometimes it's for a complete stranger. Sometimes it's for someone who needs a word that day, a word of encouragement, a hug. Someone who needs a sweet comment on YouTube or on Instagram. You have all this love and you think that you should be giving it to a man and you're so mad that you're single. When the people who could really use a kind word are right in front of your fingertips. You could send a sweet comment to someone on Instagram that would just uplift them and make their day. But instead, all of the creativity and the sweetness God has put inside of you, you're not using or you're using it chasing some guy who didn't text you back from last week, right? Don't do that. Give things to the things, give attention to the things that are meaningful now, okay? In every single way, in every single way. If you know you're not ready to be dating, don't jump on a dating website and start talking to four guys at one time. Okay, you have no dating experience, don't do that. Take your time, pray about it, ask God to lead you, read books on dating, watch videos, talk to real people that you know. And then when you're ready, when it's time, go out there and enjoy it. Okay, don't eat in the morning. 
And lastly, it's just important that you don't worry. You don't worry about your life. That you use your imagination when you pray to talk to God and visualize and imagine yourself having the things that you want. If you can't see yourself having the things that you want, my love, forget it. You have to be able to see it. You have to be able to see yourself with that baby that you desire. You have to be able to see yourself having that job that you desire, having that wedding that you desire, having that business that you desire, wearing the clothes that you desire, speaking the way you desire, making friends the way you desire. You have to visualize it, picture it. And the reason why sometimes it's hard for us to picture it is because we want something so bad, it hurts so much that our minds are blocked And we need the Lord to just remove that bondage from our minds and help us. There are so many things I've done in my life that I could have never imagined myself doing. But it wasn't until I could imagine myself that I actually was able to do it with God's blessings. Even when I asked for money, even when I needed money. If I'm saying, Lord, I need, I need $5,000, like, Everyone's calling me, blowing up my phone, asking for their money. I need it. But I can't even imagine $5,000 in my bank account. Like, I've never even seen that amount. I've never seen a check in the mail for five. I can't even imagine getting a check that says $5,000 visually in, in your visual mind. You can't see it. Then it's very difficult for you to be able to bring it to pass. Your words are empty because that there's no faith in that. You have to be able to conjure up that visual image in your mind and in your heart. And everything you have is a gift. Everything you have is a sacrifice. Even me talking to you right now, I love you ladies and I love helping you. But yeah, I'd rather be taking a nap right now because I have a baby (laughs) who's eight months old and he's a lot of work and I have to have someone, I have to pay someone to watch him while I talk to you. Right? It's like, but God's like, Michelle, I didn't give you this wisdom, this knowledge, this platform, this voice for you to just be singing to Beyonce songs or for you to be laying in bed eating Oreos all day or for you to be doing whatever, right? I mean, anything else. Yes, I want you to enjoy doing all those things too if you want to, but you also need to do what I asked you to do because that's why I gave it to you. Everything else is just extra. And if I don't keep that in my mind at all times, I will not do anything and I also won't receive anything. So everything, even though when you see someone doing something, you think, oh, they're just doing it because, you know, whatever. No, everything is work. Everything is sacrifice. If someone's doing something, it means they're not doing something else. And so When you have anything, it's not just for you. Some of it's for you, and usually most of it is for you, but some of it is also for someone else. And if you have that abundance mindset, like you will always get more. Yes, I may be losing time that I could be sleeping right now, but because I'm doing God's will, He will bless me with more time when I least expect it, when I most need it. He will give it back to me and more because he takes care of me. When you have that mindset, you will never feel like you are giving up something of yours for nothing. And you will always have everything you need. And like I always say in Matthew 6.33, if you seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, All of these things will be added onto you. Everything else you need in your life will be added onto you. You do not need to worry about your life, what you will eat, what you will drink, what you will wear, how you will live. All of these things are for people who don't have God. When the Lord is your source, when you belong to Him, when you've given your life over to Him fully, He's responsible for you in every single way. And you don't have to worry anymore. 
He will teach you how you can prosper. And as long as you follow the things that he teaches you, it's guaranteed. Results are guaranteed. I hope that this series blessed you. I hope that you've learned a lot from it. I hope you've been inspired. I hope you remember how much God loves you, how much he wants you to prosper, because when you prosper, he prospers. And he loves nothing more than to have his children prosper. God wants you to have an abundant life. He wants you to be prosperous in every single way. Health, wealth, love, everything. You deserve everything simply because you belong to him. It's all yours, my love. But opening your mind and allowing yourself to receive those things do require you to do a little bit of self-evaluation and a little bit of shifting, a little bit of work. But you will have every single thing you desire if you seek God first. I love you all so much and I thank you for listening. Make sure to follow me on Instagram at a feminine impression. Oh, actually, I changed my name. I have to mention that. It's at the Dr. Daff Show. So that's at D-R-D-A-F-S-H-O-W at Dr. Daff Show. Or you can follow my personal page at Dr. Michelle Daff. And I do want to hear back from you. I love hearing from you. Let me know how this segment impacted you, if there's something specifically you're working on, or if there's something I talked about that you want me to dive deeper into. I'll definitely be excited to do that. So let me know. I love you all. And I hope you have a beautiful, wonderful day. Bye-bye.